Welcome to Bold Faith with Courage Molina, a place where you get empowered and equipped to be who God has called you to be, do what God has called you to do, and go after everything he said you can have without hesitation or apology. Let's go. We are back again with another Rewind episode. Uh, Today, I want to share with you the interview that I did with Evelyn Levasseur. Again, this is just a great time at the end of the year to um, really focus on some of the things that we are struggling with. And I don't know about y'all, but at the end of the year, as I am eating all the things, it is when I start to think about what I need to do to lose weight, what diet am I going to start at the start of the year. So I definitely want to get ahead of that. I don't want you guys to be, you know, eating the food and having all the guilt. And I think that this interview is really going to help you this holiday season as you prepare to get healthy in the new year. Let's go. And welcome back. I'm so excited, y'all. Like, y'all know how excited I am. This podcast is so fire. Okay, wait, let me start that. If this is your first time, I'm not always guessing myself up. But if you stick around, you'll see why I be guessing myself up. Welcome. If this is your first time, welcome. If you've been rocking with me for a minute, I so appreciate you. Loyalty, you know, this is real out here in these podcasts and streets. And so I so appreciate you sharing, tagging me, telling your friends about me. Y'all love me. I feel the love and you are loved back. And because I love you, I want to introduce you to one of my favorite people. I probably shouldn't say she's one of my favorite. It's probably not okay to say because um, I was her coach. But I'm going to say what I want to say. And so she was one of my favorites. <laughs> it's true. She was one of my favorites. I can't even tell you why. I know it's because she's sassy or what. I don't know. But you'll see. She is super, super awesome. Um, her name is Evelyn Levasseur. She is a transformational speaker, moderation 365 certified, and hormonal fat loss nutrition coach, certified group and personal trainer, and has a specialization in behavior change. She also has a bachelor's in psychology and a master's in education. Come on now with the education. Evelyn is the owner of Evelyn Levasseur's Fitness, a company that focuses on helping busy, overwhelmed moms reach their body goals without dieting or deprivation. Sign me up, right? She helps the whole woman, not just her outside. Together, Evelyn and her clients focus heavily on building legacies of generational health. Don't y'all love that? I love that. So y'all do me a favor. Go ahead and help me to welcome my girl, Evelyn Levesseur. Welcome to the Dose of Courage podcast. Thank you for having me. Listen, your energy got me ready to move over here. As I read it, I'm like, I love this. I actually love that you do this. Um, Sometimes I forget that I'm a mom because my kids are not young. So when I see things for like mom groups or mom things, I'm like, that's not really for me. But I am a mom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Always a mom. I just don't always think that mom groups are thinking about people who got kids that are old enough to drive and live on their own. So um, when I read that, I was like, oh, I am a mom, aren't I? As I read your bio, just being reminded of my motherhood, right? Um, I'm so glad you're here. Seriously. Seriously. Me too. Me too. 
<laughs> Listen, let's get right into this. So I met Evelyn through, you guys hear me reference this all the time, P2P, Purpose to Platform, with Patrice Washington, where I operate as a faith coach in that community. Um, it's an amazing community. Patrice has got this, I don't know what it is. I'm going to call it an anointing because I don't know what else to say, of attracting the most authentic, genuine women who have a heart for the work they do and aren't afraid to say, I'm going to build my life. I'm going to build wealth doing this thing that I love to do. And so Evelyn is no different um, from the woman that she really attracts into that community. Absolutely loved her from day one. I was like, oh my gosh, she's so cute. For a long time, I was like, what? I know, I don't know if this is, I don't think this is politically correct. I think that we're not supposed to do this anymore. Um, but I was born in 1980, so there are a lot of new things that we're not supposed to do anymore. I'm like, oh, okay, we gonna say that? We can't do it. That's how I know I'm old when my kids are like, mom, you can't say that. I'm like, oh, we can't? <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> so it might not be politically correct, but it's fine. I'm gonna say it. Um, when I first saw you, I'm like, what is she? <laughs> and so now I'm like, I'm like, well, she's racially ambiguous. I'm not sure what her race is. There's some ambiguity. It's Levasseur. I'm like, maybe she's, maybe she is French. I'm like, she seems Latinx to me. I'm like, I don't really know. I know, I know this is like, it's not okay to ask anymore, <laughs> but I can feel it. And then you sent me, you sent me a DM on Instagram singing with them. <laughs> That was a fun day. That was a fun day. That was so, I, first of all, I have that saved on my phone. And like, you know, it's like buried in all the pictures and videos and stuff. But anytime I go back far enough to see it, I stop to watch it. So she's singing Elvis Crespo. What were you singing? Was it Suavemente? Suavemente, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I thought I thought I felt it. I thought I felt a little something there. Okay, so um, but let's get into this. I want to get into why I want you to be on this show. Um, you know, here and you know this about me. I want people to be entertained, and I want them to be motivated, and I want y'all to be inspired, and all of those good things. But truth be told, I want you to be equipped to do something. I hope that. After every single episode, you feel that you have won the courage to do it and that you have an idea of what your next step needs to be or what's the next thing you need to do. And so when the women are done listening to this, I'm sure men listen. What's up, dudes? What's up, fellas? I, I show you all a little bit of love. I'm sorry. Um, what do you want them to do after like so they've listened to this episode? What in your heart are you hoping that women will be able to do after listening to this conversation? I think I, I think it's best to say that I want them to find their healthiest, the healthiest version of themselves in the simplest way possible, because we chase we chase this smaller version of ourselves, right, by following tons of rules and guidelines and stuff. And that just leaves us feeling uncomfortable and not trusting ourselves and not showing up best for the people that we want to show up for. Right. So I feel like health. We tend to say we just want to lose weight, but I think we're really chasing something else. And I think that health in and of itself is not just about your body. It's about how you feel. It's about how you show up. It's about how you wake up every day, um, you know, the, the perspective that you have on your day and in your life. And I feel like when you don't feel like your best self, when you don't feel like the best version of who you are, then you can't possibly show up for the people that 
you really want to show up for. And I, and I mean, starting with your family, like if you wake up every day and you're uncomfortable in your skin and you don't love how you look, um, you're projecting that. Yeah. You, you may not think that you're saying it. You may think that you're hiding it. You may think that you're living the best that you can for them. But at the end of the day, your family, your friends, the people you are here to serve reap the most benefits when you're at your best. And if you aren't at your best emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, then everybody suffers. Oh, that is so good and so true. I remember, I think I was like right out of college, I was my heaviest, which as you were talking, I was thinking, boy, she know what she's talking about because, <laughs> because I remember being at my heaviest, which by the way, for the record, I'm at the same weight right now, right? I'm 40. I'm at the same weight that previously was the heaviest weight I had experienced up until that point. And um, I just looked a mess. I don't mean that my body looked a mess. I mean, I looked a mess. What I wore, how I carried myself. Every time my husband wanted to go out somewhere, he wanted to, we we're going to go to a barbecue. We we're going to go to wherever. I was wearing like house clothes or something because it was like, what is the point of me getting dressed? I'm still going to look like crap. I feel like crap. People are going to see how much weight I gained. Um, and when I met my husband, I was about a hundred pounds lighter than I was at my heaviest. Um, he never complained about me or my weight. He ne that's, that wasn't a thing, right? He didn't, he wasn't beefing with it, but I was just, I did not like the woman I saw in the mirror. I did not like her. I was not kind to her. Mm -hmm. And so I just could not show up. I wasn't, a, I wasn't even a good time, right? Now it's time to go to a family thing. I'm walking around in garbage bag clothing. And my husband's like, that's what you're wearing? That's what you were. And he was like, no, come on, man. I know you got something better. And one, I didn't. So we went shopping that day because I was like, no, because all the clothes I bought up until that point were like, well, I'm going to lose 50 pounds in three weeks. So I'm going to go ahead and get these six sizes <laughs> too small. And so I hear what you're saying, but just from the woman who used to focus on my weight and losing weight, I want to share a little bit of resistance because if I were her, I would be resisting you right now. And somebody listening is her. That's cute what you're saying. But I actually am not concerned as much about my health, even if I should be. Truth be told, there's a woman listening who believes hook, line, and sinker that her life will have more joy, more value, will change when she is a smaller clothing size. Mm -hmm. Like, what mm -hmm. do you have to say to that? I think at, at that point, and that's who I was like, that's who I, listen, I dieted legit for 19 years on and off trying all the things. And every time I felt good for a little while, I was like confident for a little while. And then I hated what I was eating and I binged and gained weight and shamed myself because of course it wasn't the diet, right? To me in my head, it was just me. I told myself I had no self-control. I have no willpower. I have no dedication and determination. I'm not disciplined, all the things, but really I don't care. Maybe this is not a popular opinion. I don't care what it is you say you're after. I don't care what you think you're going to feel when you're smaller. The fact is that your weight is a byproduct of something else. 
That is just a side effect of something you are not dealing with. I'm telling you, when you heal on the inside, your body will change and it will change with minimal effort. And it sounds silly and it sounds cliche and maybe woo woo. But the fact of the matter is, is that the way you feel about yourself determines every decision you make in your day. So starting from the inside, we will watch your body change. And I will also challenge you and say this. You can lose weight right now. I could give you a restrictive meal plan and a crazy exercise plan and guarantee you'll be 10 pounds lighter in the next three weeks. No question. And I also guarantee that because you're not handling the stuff on the inside, you're just going to be a smaller version of your unhappy self who then puts the weight back on. First of all, you're not going to come on my podcast <laughs> talking to me like this, okay? Just I did not invite you here for that, okay? So this is exactly why I invited you here. Um, listen, can I tell you, I don't want to hear that. Mm. I'm, I just, let's be, like, I'm just, mm. me, Courage, Molina, I don't want to hear that, right? And I'm going to tell you why. Because it is easier, it is easier for us to focus, myself included, on the external things I'm work. I, I feel like Ellen, I'm working on enough stuff on the inside. I don't need to be talking to you about what else I need to work on on the inside. But it's the truth, right? It's the truth because if if I can't have happiness until I get to a certain size, then how am I? How am I treating myself? How do I feel about myself? How am I thinking about myself? What do I think other people are saying and thinking about me? There's a judgment that I think we believe when we're overweight. I think that there is a judgment that we believe other people make about us when we're not happy in our own skin. Mm-hmm. As a person who I can tell you I am overweight, I'm going to say this kind of tongue in cheek, but you know, I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. And according to... <laughs> I can't believe I was saying, I'm going to say it anyway, but according to the national, whatever, it's a whole, I got a whole other feeling about these people though. I'm also obese. I will not get into why I think that's just trash, but whatever. Right. Um, and that being said, I can tell you right now, I literally never think about what people think about how I look. Maybe people do make assumptions about me and maybe people are thinking about my weight, but as an overweight woman at my heaviest weight that I've I've never been heavier than I am right now, I've literally never think, I don't think about, I don't think people think about my weight. Not when I walk into a room, Mm -hmm. I don't think other people are checking for me. I just don't think that. And maybe they are, but I, that does not enter into my mind. But before when I was overweight, And that's all I thought about. Even when I had success, even when I was losing weight and I got down to a smaller size, I still wanted to know what people were thinking about my weight, what people were thinking about my size. I wanted to make sure that I wore clothes that where you could really see that I lost weight because I still was focused on what somebody else was thinking about me. I just was not... Um, I just wasn't kind to myself, man. You know, and I was worried about what other people are thinking about my weight. I promise you. I don't know if people are thinking about my weight. I don't think about it. I don't care about it, you know? And so I think that I'm in a great space now as a result, right? Um, I'm in a great space now to start thinking about my health. And you're absolutely right. 
so much of what I do as it relates to my food choices, um, water or lack thereof does have something to do. And I never would have connected it. Never. And I probably would be resisting it right now. Um, does have to do with things that I think about myself on the inside. Uh, I have, I'm, I'm in therapy. And so me and my therapist are working through these things. Right. And so now I'm like, oh, that's why, oh, that's why you think that you don't have an issue, but you are 100% right. Where you know, do we start? I feel like you just hit something there too. You think you don't have an issue, but it's there. And then the other thing is, is when you're doing this internal work, right? Like you uncover something and you work through it and you're like, oh, I feel good. Oh, but that opens something else up. Yeah, now I need to work on that. But I think I think there's two things that are important in what you were saying, like that whole feeling of people are talking about me or people are feeling something about me or people are judging me. Um, if you could separate the fact from the feeling, the fact is people are so self-absorbed, so self-conscious. They're not thinking about you, Kurt. That you ain't walking in a room and they worried about your outfit or your hair. Maybe, maybe the people that are, you know, into lifting people up will give you a compliment. Otherwise, nobody's worried about your waist size or your pants. Nobody cares because the fact is that as human beings and as women specifically, I feel like we offer other people compassion so easily, but we will not show ourselves the same kindness. We don't do that. We look at other people. We think about people. We think about the women in our lives and we say things like they're loyal and they're loving and they show up for me and they're honest and they make me laugh. And then we think of ourselves and we say, you know, I'm fat. I need to, you know, I'm pinching my waist. I'm doing, we look at other people and judge them based on their character. And yeah. then we judge ourselves based on our appearance. Yeah. And then there's a the second part of it that I feel like when we are looking at, and I'm only saying this because this was my life for too, too long. When you're thinking people are judging me, people are saying these things, then you're constantly chasing, not just a smaller version of yourself, you're chasing validation. You're chasing mm -hmm. acceptance. You think that your value and your worth are determined by your physicality. When the truth is that when you get through that healing, when you get through that, when you can unpack all of it, you can understand that validation can only come from you. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you wear or what size you are. None of that matters if you don't know inside I am worthy. So I feel like the biggest step is to learn acceptance first so that you can say I am enough. Not just I want to be smaller. I deserve to feel good. I deserve to wake up with my heart full. I, I need to be grateful because not everybody wakes up. Mm -hmm. I need to start my day with that first. If you can start your day literally with five minutes of gratitude, your whole mindset will shift. And I'm not just saying that you're going to think your way to a smaller body. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that it starts with your thoughts. And if you live your life thinking, I am not enough, you will never have enough. That is so good, Evelyn. How did you get there? How did you get, because it's great to say for me to accept myself, 
but I've carried this. Somebody's listening. They've carried mm -hmm. it for a long time mm -hmm. and they don't even know how. So how did you get there to a place? You said for 19 years, you did all the things. She she ain't say it. Maybe she did a, a grapefruit diet, the hot dog diet. I did Weight Watchers. I did Atkins. I did shakes. I did pills. I did fasting. I did cleanses. I did detoxes. And, and you know what? I would always say I am. I would never say I'm on a diet. I would say I'm just I'm just eating better. No, you're not. No, you're not. You are restricting and then going bananas Friday, Saturday and Sunday and feeling like crap every Monday. That's what you're doing. Stop it. Just stop it. Um, but. Okay, so when I was a little girl, up until like college, I was like athletic, fit. I got a ton, a ton of attention for what I looked like. And even though when you're really little, body doesn't matter to you. You know, think about any five-year-old that you see out there wearing mismatched pants and snow boots <laughs> in the summer. You know, they don't care about what they look like. They don't care about what you're thinking. It's other people that put that in our heads. Yeah. Other people our parents, our aunts, the yeah. television, all that they teach us that I don't care what anybody says. The message is always smaller is better. Yes. I, that is always the message. And, and not just smaller physically, but smaller mentally. We tell women like shatter ceilings. We tell them reach for the sky. We tell them they could be anything to fight for equity. But then we also tell them, don't be too loud. Don't be too abrasive. Don't be too forward. Don't ask for everything directly. You don't want to be seen as X, Y, and Z. So yeah, we're saying reach for the stars. You could do whatever you want, but we're also saying you got to fit in the box. Yeah. Why do you think we're all confused, right? Why do you think we all don't know where to go and where to start? <laughs> so, so, so that was my thing. Like growing up, I was very thin athletic. I was muscular. I got a ton of attention. People constantly commented on my body. And it, even though I was like a great student, I was a great kid. What I got attention for was what I looked like. And eventually I took that on. Like that must be really important. Therefore I must maintain it. Yeah. So, because how else can I get validation, right? How else can I constantly get affirmation from other people that I am worthy if yeah. I don't look this way? So when I went to college and I put on that freshman 15, it was more like the freshman 20, but I, that's when I tried my first diet. And listen, I loved it. I loved it because wow. I could just manip loved it because I could <laughs> manipulate my food and see my body change like that. Granted, I was 19 years old, right? And it was the first time I'd ever done it. So when you do anything drastically the first time, it works immediately. But then, of course, you know, I gained weight and that started like this snowball, never working on the inside, never figuring out why I was chasing that, but just trying program after program, thinking the next one was going to work. Um, and I kept just losing and regaining and losing and regaining that same like 25, 30 pounds. And in that time, I married my husband and um, who's my bestie. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but <laughs> he is, he is. I really like that guy. Um, that's he, good. Listen, that's good. Cause sometimes, you know, we're married and it's like, I love you, but I don't really like you that much. I'm in a season where I like you. So yeah, I'm with you. Um, 
I love my mans. He's my best friend. Mm -hmm. We're a couple. We've been married for a long time, but we haven't always been a couple. Mm -hmm. And so we're a couple right now. We do couples things. I'm excited yes. for you. Yes. Yeah. I'm all about that. I tell my husband all the time, like, I just love you. I am in love with you, but I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I want to put the gloves on and lay you out. I won't, but yeah. I think about it. I picture it. I visualize it, but oh you know, God. I don't, I don't let it come to fruition. <laughs> but um, when we got married, he wanted kids like fast. And me, you know, thinking life that I'm, I'm in control of life. I wanted to wait a little while. And um, we started trying about two years later and I got pregnant very quickly. And I also lost the baby very quickly. Wow. And then, um, you know, at first it felt like a shock, but then the doctors talked to you about this is very common for women. You know, 20% of first pregnancies end in miscarriage. You're healthy. You'll be fine. You can try again. So, I mean, I feel like that kind of soothed me a little bit. Um, so six months later, we try again and I got pregnant very quickly and I made it almost halfway through my pregnancy. Um, this is going to sound so crazy, but I remember I was in church with my mom and my sister and my husband and um, I was so sick in that pregnancy constantly sick, like that morning sickness that lasts 24 hours a day. Um, and I was in church and I'm like, I feel like I'm going to be sick. And I went to stand up and courage. When I stood up, I felt like a, a shell, like I was empty inside, empty. My body felt empty. Like there was nothing in me. And I knew I'm like, something's not right. Something's not right. I feel nothing inside of me. And I went to the doctor and I found out that I had miscarried again. Um, and that sent me into like this really dark, this sent me into a dark place because I felt, first of all, like I couldn't trust my body. I felt like I'd let my husband down because we had plans of a family. I felt defective as a woman, you know, like I can't do the things that I was meant to do. And I felt like I had no purpose because I always believed that I was meant to be somebody's mother. Um, and man, that took a lot of, whew, that took yeah. a lot of healing and journaling and crying and praying and fighting with God and arguing with God. And, you know, a, a year later, we decided to try again. And I was terrified. And like, I know that pregnancy should be a time of joy, but I, I was happy, but not completely because a part of me was just like, don't get excited. Don't get, don't you dare get excited. Don't you fall in love with this baby because she could be gone in a heartbeat. Um, so a part of me didn't enjoy my pregnancy because I spent the whole time terrified. Um, but in, in February, February 10, 2009, I had my first baby girl, Jaden. Um, and um, let me tell you, when the doctor like put her next to me um, and I, I still didn't believe it. To that very moment, I still didn't believe I was taking that baby home and then she cried and I felt my own lungs fill with air. And I was like, oh, my gosh, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And I promise you, I am not just going to be a good mother. I'm going to be an exceptional one. I am going to do everything that I have to do to make sure that this baby has, you know, the, a fighting chance at life. Yeah. And that's what like kind of started my road to started. It started, but it didn't, it wasn't my aha. I started to make sure that I raised her focused on her character and focused on, 
you know, being empathetic and a good person and, and, and just seeing other people, no judgments. Um, when she was about 10, though, we went to um, a picnic and I, I could tell the story. I get so mad. Um, I have two daughters now. So I was at the picnic with my two daughters and my husband, my Jaden and my Mia. Um, and a woman says to Jaden, who was 10, she just got out of the pool and I served them lunch. She's like, honey, if you want to keep that figure, you better lay off those burgers. And I felt like, <laughs> I felt rage, <laughs> rage. Um, but that, I feel like that changed everything for me because it made me see that we are part of the problem, that we want our kids to feel comfortable. We want them to feel confident. We want them to not suffer the insecurities that we suffered, but then we put them on them. We yeah. teach them things like burgers are bad for you. You know, yeah. we, we label food this way. So that I felt like was the beginning of all the mindset shifts that I had. I knew that if I wanted to really impact the women I was meant to impact, then I better handle all the stuff that I was feeling inside. I needed to, to reconnect. Like literally when I talk about mindset, I'm talking about uncovering all the lessons that I had that made me feel like I wasn't enough. So I could finally learn that I am here for a reason. I am, this is a big lesson I learned. I am a light. I am, I lived in gratitude, right? Like I lived I have this great relationship with my husband. I am living the life that I prayed for. I have two healthy daughters. I love my work, but I looked at myself like an outsider. Like when I say I lived in gratitude, I lived in gratitude for everyone and everything in my life, but I wasn't grateful for me. I didn't see myself as something to be grateful for. And the lesson had to be, let me tell you. Listen, let's pause, let's pause. I think I think I'm at, let's pause because as you said, first of all, I didn't know half of the stuff you just shared. Um, but as you share, like you were a person of gratitude. I'm I'm not uh, naturally grateful. I had to learn that. That was like that's just not how I am. I have a friend, she's like team grateful. I'm like girl, you are the most. But she's like so grateful. Just, most grateful person I ever met in my life. Super annoying when you're not right. Because you're like, well, I just, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful. I'm like, oh, whatever. Right. So I've started this practice every morning. Um, my morning routine, I created this morning routine. It's called Boulder mornings mm -hmm. and Boulder is an acronym and B stands for bless the Lord. Right. And what I mean when I say bless the Lord, is just to make a list of the things that you're grateful for, that just that day, right? Sometimes. Have you ever made that list? No. Never. I've never. I girl, that just makes me. I just. I don't. I feel away right now. I don't even know. I don't have my emotional wheel out to know what feelings I have right now. But I promise you, I've never made the list. Um, nothing that I have done has ever made the list. Dang, Evelyn. Courage. Listen, I am learning to say this. I am learning to say, I am not just blessed. I am a blessing. That's it. I am not just blessed. I am a blessing. Like, it's not that 
I have to be grateful for everything in my life. I have to be grateful that I have life. I have to be grateful that I get to show up and be their mother. I have to be grateful that I get to show up and serve other women. But I have to be grateful that I get to wake up, look at myself and say, I love you. You deserve love. You deserve all the th everything that you want for your kids. You have to know you deserve it first. You have to know that. Oh, and that, that, just hit. that just hit. So right now, I mean, I'm kind of listening, but kind of not. <laughs> not good for an interview because <laughs> I'm like now I'm in my own head. Oh my goodness, she is so. You're right. I have been grateful for so many things. I've never made the list. Mm -hmm. Oh, that ends today. I'm gonna have a special afternoon session today. That's right. That ends today. Come on, Evelyn. I'm sorry. I, I had love to it. You there. No, that's fine. But I think. To me, that is the catalyst to really making the impact we want to make, right? Like if you think about it, I don't think that we or, or I don't think that most people, I think most people believe that we have purpose. We were put here for a reason. And I believe that my purpose is not only to impact other women, but to heal the generations that come after me. And I can only do that by healing me. And I know that by being a, like truly being able to look in the mirror and be like, I love you, girl. Like, I love you, yes. you know, to be able to do that. Not only does it give me freedom, it gives my daughters power. Like there is power in acceptance. There is power in love. And I think that's another thing that as women, we kind of get caught up in this feeling like, but I should just love myself. And then you feel guilty that you don't, that you don't just love everything about yourself. <clears throat> Excuse me. But when you've been on this road your whole life, not loving yourself, you can't just change it because you want to. It's like meeting somebody for the first time. You are literally forming a whole new relationship with yourself. So first, the very first step is to trust yourself. You have to start focusing on trust. And then when you trust yourself, then you can accept yourself. And I mean, set, accept yourself without conditions. Like, I'm not saying fall in love. I'm not saying that you just settle. I'm saying you accept for right now with compassion, knowing that you still have a goal. Because with trust and acceptance, then comes love. You don't just love yourself automatically because somebody said you should. Nothing before you can trust yourself, you have to forgive yourself. Uh, that's something that I'm finding, you know, even right now, I've done this work, this, you know, this internal work for other areas of my life and they've got me out of depression, but now I'm, I'm not in, I'm not talking about, oh, I need to get out the valley. I'm going to the mountain. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to elevate, I'm getting to this place, I'm not trying, I'm working towards this next level. And so that also requires a different level of healing. And that's when it comes to my food specifically, um, I trust myself with a lot of things, but I don't trust myself. I've learned not to trust myself because I haven't taken care of myself before because I've made bad decisions. And I don't, I'm not even talking about like food that made me unhealthy or that made me overweight. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about how long did I eat ground beef? I don't care about, you can eat beef. I don't care, but my body does not like it. My taste buds do. My gut is like, please stop it. How long did I keep doing that? And I continued, even though every single time I felt bad afterward, I felt sick for days afterwards. I continued to put that into my body. Even more recently, Evelyn, I don't know if you know this, in a 30 day span, I had food poisoning twice. 
You know who poisoned me? I poisoned myself. From the first sip of coffee that tasted chemical, I drank the whole cup. First sip, first sip tasted like. Mm. So what, what story did you tell yourself? What story did you tell yourself in that moment to make you take another sip? What happened up there? Because your um, body told you always do the most. Yeah. What I told myself is that I always do the most. You're always sick. There's always something wrong. You're overreacting. It's fine. Don't over. And I was on vacation. It wasn't a real vacation. That's not true. But I, I was, I was kind of like vacation. I was in Florida. Um, and it was like, I didn't want to, like, you're just so extra. You're just going to pour out the coffee. It's just like, ugh, don't be so extra all the time. It's fine. You're fine. You're overreacting, right? Because um, I am working on, you know, healing from my anxiety. And my anxiety is tied to illness. Uh, those are the things that trigger me. Those are the things that are going to put me over the edge. I don't watch the news. I don't want to hear about people being sick. If I read that too many people are sick on my news feed, then my stomach's going to hurt. So I got to get off. Right. So those so, are the things that trigger me. So I'm like, so I'm always over like concerned that I might get sick. And so as a result of that, it's like, oh, stop it. You're just, there you go again. Right. When I tell you I was sick, less than 30 days later at a restaurant, I mean, I had some arroz chalfa. Mira, it was so good. Okay. It has been so good in the past, but when I ate it that day um, and it had steak in it, it just, you know what? It didn't taste bad. It was just very salty. And I've had salty food before, but in that moment with that first taste, I thought, oh, that's salty, like the meat bed. It didn't taste bad, but I actually had that thought. It's salty, like the meat's bad, but I kept eating it. Even though it was super salty, the next day, when I tell you, I was so sick, so sick, man. And I was sick for days. And as I cried, all right, in the bathroom, head in the bucket, butt on the toilet, you know, crying out to the Lord, Lord, I'll never do it again if you save me. If you save me, Lord, I'll never do it again. <laughs> I never, I'll stop eating. I won't eat another delicious morsel. Like, I'm never going to eat again, Lord, if you, I don't know how I'm going to survive, but I'll never eat again if you save me. And when I recognize, because I journal, when I recognize this is the second time that you have been sick in less than 30 days and both times, it wasn't like I ate it and I didn't know. That's one thing, right? Both times you knew what that's exactly what it is like what are you telling yourself that you're not even listening to yourself like what yeah didn't trust myself so listen, got, i'm not gonna lie what i'm hearing is what i just heard was your body is screaming messages at you and you are judging yourself out of listening to them yes so you you're, you're listen it's a matter of shutting down the judgment because your body knows what it wants. Your body knows what it needs. And you're like, nope, no, you don't. Yep. I think before, I truly believe before you can trust yourself, before you can get into a place where you're trusting yourself, you've got to go down the road of forgiving yourself, right? Anything that you would do to help you process and work through forgiveness, 
um, for another person. You need to do the same thing, except that it happened, except that they didn't mean to and that they're great people. Well, say that to yourself, you know, apologize to yourself, yes. write a letter apologizing to yourself and then write a return letter for giving mm -hmm. yourself so that mm -hmm. you can get on to trusting yourself. But I love that. that you I, have think, to I think that's yourself. exactly it. I think too that, you know, if you think about it, even with your partner, if there was something that you felt like you needed to forgive, the trust doesn't automatically follow. Now your partner, for example, needs to show up and keep showing you over and over and over again <laughs> that they are worthy of your trust. So you, my dear, are going to have to continue to do things that train your brain to recognize how much you do for show up for yourself, how much you do make good choices for yourself, how much you are capable and how you just keep, you focus on the things, right, that, that don't serve you well. But the truth is that you do so much that does serve you well. And I bet it far outweighs the other side. Um, I know you know, I know you love Gurpreet, like I love Gurpreet. Yes, I do. Yes. So I was talking to Gurpreet, you know, in a moment of like, you know, one of those like moments where that doubt starts creeping in and stuff. And she said this to me and I felt like it was so profound. And every time I get a little bit of those doubts creeping in, I just, I hear her voice and she says, Evelyn, you have survived 100% of the things that were meant to break you. Your life is literally an example of all the ways that you should trust yourself. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it is. I do the things. I deserve trust. I deserve to knock the judgment off and just know that I got this. I got this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so good. And it's so true, right? Oh, I'm, listen, first of all, I feel like this is my own personal therapy session. <laughs> I've forgotten that we're on a podcast here. So let me get back to it. Um, I think it's so, I mean, just like you just blew my mind. Like I didn't make the list for how grateful I am to trust myself. I can't trust myself until I forgive myself, right? And so now we've forgiven ourselves. We have gratefulness. We trust and accept ourselves. And so now we're, can you talk a little bit about how you help women? Because as much as the focus, it's just like with entrepreneurship, as much as the focus is not about weight loss, weight loss is a part of the goal, right? Mm -hmm. If we're honest, um, yes, I want to be healthier. I want to feel healthier. I want to feel good, right? Um, I want to have more energy. I want all these great things. But also what's on that list, Evelyn, is I also want a smaller pair of leggings and I want mm -hmm. a smaller pair of jeans. That is just honest. Mm -hmm. So how do you how do you help us? Like, OK, now that my mind is right and you're saying, like, I'm not going to be dieting. That's something else that I'm resisting. Right. Just so we clear. That's something else that I'm resisting. Even when you told me that a couple and you just told me that a couple months ago, actually, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know that that's going to work for me because because of the, this piece that I missed, though, right? Because I didn't trust myself. I'm like, no, I need some external thing to tell me what to do. But it's because I don't trust myself because I don't listen to my body because I'm in my own head for whatever the reason is. But when you say things like, oh, 
you know, no, it's not going to be a diet. It's not going to be this X, Y, Z. Somebody, me already included, is like, she ain't going to be able to help me then. Mm -hmm. I don't, I never even heard of a way that somebody could lose weight and not be on a diet. So she obviously is a crackpot. And so I'm not listening to her. So help us get past that. So listen, I feel like you just laid out my entire coaching program in a nutshell, because we start with the mindset. We get into working on intuition and then we start implementing the tools with food. I mean, in real time with food and journaling, like we pair things together, but we start retraining you to trust yourself. For example, if you say to me, Evelyn, I cannot have chocolate in my house. That's all I want to eat. Then guess what? You're going to go to the store and you're going to buy some chocolate and you're going to bring it in your house. And I'm going to have you eat it every single day until the chocolate loses its power. Because really, you just glorified that chocolate. But all that is, is a little square of yummy goodness, really. So like if you think about it, when people have allergies, they get things done like exposure therapy. Doctors will you know, inject a little bit of, I don't know, peanut, for example. Yeah. It's the same thing, exposing yourself to the things that you're afraid to have around until you can actually look at yourself and say, I don't even want that. Like, I can have it if I want it, but I don't really want it. So there's a matter of using the, that's just one example, tools that can help you relearn to trust yourself. And then also getting you really to connect with your body. Like you're telling me red meat makes you feel terrible. But we're going to go through and find all the things that make you feel great. And we're going to switch the focus from your waist size or your legging size to how you feel every time that you eat. Because here's the deal. The reason we overeat has nothing to do with willpower or discipline or motivation. The reason we overeat and the reason we binge has one reason behind it. Because we deprive. That's it. If you want to eliminate the binging, you have to eliminate the deprivation and you can't eliminate the deprivation without the trust and the intuition piece. So if you can learn what I do is work with you on focusing on how you feel after all of your meals, adding in the things that you really love to eat, like love to eat and figuring out what's your point of satisfaction. If you think about it, Most of us know and understand two body cues, starving or stuffed. Yep. Right. We you don't you don't know what it's like to be in the middle, starving or stuffed. So our goal is to always get you to the middle so that you know. There was a time where I was like, I want to be stuffed. I'm I'm not not only is it the only thing I recognize. I also, that is my goal. My, I mean, it's not anymore, but that used to be my goal. My goal was to be stuffed. It's like, that's how you know the food was good. And I also wanted to introduce what I no longer am interested in. I wanted to introduce the food coma because I want a nap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You eat turkey, you're like, oh, there is no sleep. Like a post-Thanksgiving plate where I have to sit up in case I smother myself with macaroni and cheese gut. You know what I'm saying? There ain't no sleep that is better than that food coma, right? So there was a time where you're right. It's not just that those are the only cues I've recognized. I was going for the stuff, right? Mm -hmm. We're going for the, 
we we know we're not hungry anymore, but we're not stopping. We're going for the stuff. Yeah. And there's a part of us, I think, too, that feels like stuffed means you ate good. Stuffed means you enjoyed yourself. Stuffed means you're satisfied. But really, it is not satisfying or comfortable to have to unbutton your pants and sit there until you feel better. That does not feel comfortable. Your, Your stomach hurts. Yes. And I think... Listen, in those meals where we stuff ourselves, because I've done it, where I'm like, I can't even get up from the table. But yeah, I'll take dessert. Like, yeah, sure. Put it on here. Like, I got a separate stomach for a dessert. Yeah. It doesn't even count, right? There's a little scarcity in there. Because why can't I just pack that and eat some more later? Why can't I just take that humongous plate I just had that's going to make me feel sick and instead have half for dinner? instead of my early Thanksgiving lunch. There's a little bit of scarcity there that is telling you, I have to get it in now because I'm not gonna let myself do it later. And what's that again, deprivation. Yeah. So if you wanna eliminate the binging and the depriving, you have to be able to learn to live in satisfaction. If every meal that you eat is satisfying and comfortable and energizing, you will never binge again because that's not your goal anymore. Your goal is to just feel good all the time. And that takes a whole different level of mind-body connection. And I'm going to tell you, I know that people feel like, oh yeah, this all sounds great, blah, blah, blah. And yes, food and exercise is important. And yes, there's a ton to learn to go with that. But I can say for myself, I eat whatever I want, whenever I want never a deprivation, never holding back, never saying I can't have this. And I have lost 45 pounds and kept it off. And I change nothing. I mean, nothing. All because I'm connected. I understand what I want and need. And I know that I'm worthy of feeling good. Listen, I want to say this to these ladies that are listening. I, and I, and I, listen, I hear y'all. Like, I can hear y'all in my spirit. <laughs> I can hear you in my spirit. But I want you to, I want you to challenge your thinking because I can hear it. Because it's the old me. It's like, seriously. But the new me's like, girl, be quiet. We, we are evolving every day. So we are not going off of that. But I want you guys to hear this. I, I really want you to consider this. I want you to consider a time that you believed something to be true. Like you were taught this, you believed it hook, line, and sinker. You would go to bat for it. It's something you built your life on. And then something happened and you realized that it wasn't true at all, even though you thought it was true. I want you to think about those relationships. I want you to think about that. You remember when you thought you was in love with him and you thought he hung the stars in the sky and then he turned out to be a dirty dog. You remember that, but you couldn't see it. Somebody like, I want you to think about, you remember how when you first got to college and you just knew you were going to be an X, Y, Z, and now you are not even close to the X, Y, Z. You've decided to be ABC instead. I want you to have that in your mind right now. Because I recognize that what Evelyn, what you're saying is hard to believe. It goes against everything that we have been taught. It goes against what the world is saying. It goes against what we think. We think that we are failing at this weight loss thing for the very reasons you said. Not because of our mindset, not because of whatever. We think we fail because we don't have enough self-discipline, because we haven't found the right program yet. We really believe that there is something external 
that cannot be found in us that we need to follow so that we can get to whatever the size is. We, we have been taught that for a long time. And so right now somebody is struggling to believe it, but this is what I want you to consider. One, you were wrong about him. So it's possible that you're wrong about this. Okay. And two, what do you have to lose to consider? Cause what you're doing, ain't, listen, I feel like Dr. Phil, how's that working for you? You've tried all the things that they say work and it hasn't worked. So sis, listen to this episode again. Cause you was arguing with my girl Evelyn the whole time. You talking back to her. You're like, well, that's natural. Cause my cousin. So do, do us both a favor. Okay. Listen to this episode again. And this time, listen to it from the mindset. Maybe everything Evelyn's saying is 100% true. Maybe the prayer that I put up last night, last week, that God would help me to deal with this weight loss issue and this self-esteem issue that nobody even knows that I'm struggling with. This is the answered prayer. So go back and listen to it. Change your attitude. Come in like you understand that this episode was sent directly to you by God himself so that you can get your mind right and you can get the thing that you've been praying for. Evelyn, I love you. I love you. I'm so glad you said yes to this. I'm so glad the Lord just placed it. I'm like, she's probably too busy. I'm like, well, I'm asked. She's going to have to tell me she's too busy and it's too short notice to get this episode. So I'm so grateful for you. Let me ask you a question because I know right now, like you've lost 45 pounds and you look so good. And if anybody's following you on Instagram, they're like, she's so cute and the kids are so cute. And so it's probably difficult to believe that you have moments of doubt. Mm. Just looking at your Instagram feed, looking at the stuff you're putting out there. It's hard to believe that you might have moments of doubt, but I know that you do. And so when you get in that headspace, where do you go to find a dose of courage? I always dig, dig, dig deep because I feel like my method for myself is always, like I said, to separate the fact from the feeling. And I, so the thing is when you are able to kind of heal your heart and, and see your body change, that doesn't mean that you just like your progress is linear and you never feel bad again. You do get those dips. And I feel like in those moments, you have to be able to call it what it is. This is a feeling. Oh, this is why I'm feeling it. Now I can squash it. So yeah, feel the feelings because they're in there and they're meant to teach you something, but there's always, always something behind it. So I think now I just have the tools to call it what it is and not let it get in my way. Like, yeah. Oh, I see you. You got to go now. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Where that was good. Where can the ladies go to fight? Cause they need you now, honey. Yeah. Hey, (laughs) they need you. Okay. They recognize that they need you. So they're going to come looking for you. Where can they find you? How can they connect with you? How can they work with you? So um, I am on Instagram and Facebook at Evelyn Lavasser Fitness and um, on the web at EvelynFit.com. And I am opening up my group coaching program, which I really do love the group dynamic because it, it feels really good to know like so many people are feeling the exact same thing and you just and you work it out together so september 6th we're opening that up um and i will i will say this i feel like the people that are most resistant to my work are the ones who are not ready for it yeah you know i feel like when women come to me and they really got to that point where they're like listen 
I would rather gain 50 more pounds than for somebody to tell me that I have to go on another diet. I'm like, you ready? You're ready. You're ready. You're ready to let go of, you're ready to let go of that outside control. Cause you don't have a control issue or a motivation issue. You got a trust issue and we can fix that. Oh, come on. F1, listen, I'm going to post all the things in the description. So be sure to check out the description. I mean, you don't want to miss this. Connect with her. This, you only got a couple days. She said September 6th. It's a few days from when this podcast has been released. Um, and if, if this is like later, you've listened to it later, then still check her out and connect with her and see when you can get in, how you can get in. Share this with your friends. Share this with your foes. Share this with your family. You know what I'm saying? Share with everybody. The people you like and the people you love, you don't like that much. Because, we, you know, the world is a nicer place when people are healing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the whole world is nicer when we are all healing as individuals. So help somebody get healed. Evelyn, thank you so much again for coming on. I so appreciate being here. I hope that this episode has blessed you. If it has, let us know. Give us a five-star rating, write a review on wherever you listen to podcasts, and be sure to connect with us on social at Bold Faith Church and at Courage Molina. All right, until next week, love you.